Welcome to The Grand Life, a podcast about grandparenting, exploring ways to be better at it, and connecting to those who are in it with us. I'm Emily Morgan. Music is often called the universal language. Seems to me it's also a family language. Some families share a love of music with each other, and often that love is passed on to each generation. Sometimes it involves playing an instrument or singing, but other times it's just sharing what you like to listen to, the kind of music that inspires you or hits you in that inexplicable spot that makes you feel more deeply than you normally do. In the next episode, we will talk a little more about that. But today, we talk to Elaine Serling, a singer-songwriter in her own right. She is passing on her love of music to her family. Several of her CDs even feature the voices of her own children and grandchildren. I have a dream day after day that love and peace will soon be here to stay. Join me in my dream. Elaine Serling, welcome to The Grand Life. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm going to kind of get right into this because you are a musician, you're a professional um, vocalist, you have some CDs and, and books, and I am interested in talking about music. We are doing episodes about music, and I'm wondering where you developed your love of music. Obviously, you have one, <laughs> and from whom that came. Well, I was told by my mom in the crib. I was already singing. I was humming. I was on my all fours and rocking myself to sleep. And I don't think it ever stopped. In fact, as I got older, they had to say, a little quieter in there, please, while I was still <laughs> singing. So that didn't necessarily come from somebody, like somebody taught you how to sing. You, you were born with that. Yes. I, I think I was given a gift and uh, from the beginning. And I, I still feel it's a gift, a wonderful gift. Yeah, and for people like you who uh, have that, I think there's nothing other than singing that you can do. It's like the thing you're born to do. I think you're right. I don't know if anybody else understands that, but I know that uh, if I don't sing during the day, something's missing. Just to myself, mm. not to anybody else, but even just to myself. Something's missing today. Yeah. Yeah. So you had children, and... Were they like that? Were they born with mm -hmm. that? Or did is this something you were passing on to your children? How did you do that? No, I was passing it on. I have two daughters, and it just became part of my day. When I was singing, it would be with them or to them or listening to what they were saying or singing. And I actually remember buying them some earphones so they could listen to their cassettes at the time and watching their eyes as it got louder and softer. But then I heard them with the words. So I said, this is good. They, they can learn Easily. I think it was normal because I was already humming or singing or something like, oh, it's time to go to bed now, bed now. I was, everything was a song. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it was like, well, this is what the world does. They just sing. Yeah. So they assumed that <laughs> and probably picked up on it a lot. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. And now I'm assuming we were talking about grandparenting. You have some grandchildren now. Oh, I do. I have. I do. I have four. Mm -hmm. 
And when I'm so lucky, my husband and I, Michael, who is Saba, that's Hebrew for grandpa, we have an 18-year-old almost, 15-year-old, and they're sisters. And then we have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Ooh. So I get the best of the best. We get the worst of the worst, you know, <laughs> but we get the best of the best. So I'm very lucky. Oh, nice. Very lucky. And do you sing yeah. with them or to them? All the time. All the time. With my oldest, um, at 18 months, she was on pitch. Mm. My coach and I, we couldn't we couldn't believe it. But that was the beginning of writing uh, the books. And uh, 18 months, um, she did an introduction to the book. And uh, that was the beginning. And now she's a also very gifted singer. Very gifted. And in plays in high school. And she's done some classical uh, adjudication, I think they call it. But mm-hmm. um, yes. And she and I have sung together. So it's it's quite a joy. When it's happening, I have to pinch myself and say, this is Alexis. You know, I knew her. I knew her with little feet. And here she is with this big voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and this is, let me get this straight. This is your granddaughter you're talking about. Yeah. This is my granddaughter. Yeah. My oldest. Yeah. Yeah. My oldest daughter. Were any of them on the CDs that you've produced? They were. And her sister, who's Danielle. Sings also, her, but her passion is dance. But uh, yes, I did. My daughter's actually on my first CD. Oh, fun. It's called the Aleph Bet Song. They did the ABCs in Hebrew. And so they had the experience as well as actually being these singers and responsible and what it feels like and to listen back to yourself. You know, I'm kind of curious. I, I kind of went over this pretty quickly, but did you have any grand? Did you have grandparents who were like musical, or your parents? I mean, any of them doing? Did they do singing outside of the home? No, not at all. Really, my grandparents uh, were immigrants from Russia, and um, I was involved in their life, but not not musically, not musically. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a very quiet, shy person, yet she was my my first agent, I would say. She was the one that took me to the audition. She was the one that got me on local TV contests. And she was at every concert I did, unless it was out of town. Every concert. Wow. Yeah. I recently, yeah. Yeah. So she was, she was the push. And like I said, so shy, so quiet. That'd be the last thing she'd do, even introduce me. Here's my daughter. (laughs) Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) She wouldn't even do that. Well, we all need an audience, right? That's right. So somebody's got to be there to clap. That's right. right. (laughs) You know, I'm wondering if you can just say a little bit about the value of music in a person's life. What do you think it brings to a person's life? Coming from my own experience and seeing, seeing others that I talk to about in the same profession, I see how it hits people. It's something that you have. No one can take it away. You don't have to be a singer or you don't have to be a a piano player listening I think is actually it's an art in itself to be able to listen and just hear the sounds appreciate what went into it or whoops that was a goof I won't hope they don't care they goofed but for me it was my it was my happy place or my sad place interesting what you're saying about listening because I think it's easy to think if you can't play an instrument or you can't sing that 
that there's nothing that music offers to you, and yet I've sat and listened to choirs sing or just a, a, a pianist play, and it transports you. It trans. It takes you somewhere else. Yes, it does. Um, it's just a to me one of those things that it's such a gift even to be able to listen to it. I can't even imagine if I were deaf, for example. Although I have heard of people who are deaf who can feel the music. So Yes, you know, they, yes, they can, they can, yes, they can feel the sound waves. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. And then having that bond with your grandchildren, which sounds like you have already, it just is such a that's that's kind of uh, you know, a uh, cherry on the top, I would think, in terms it of... It is. It's such a joy. When I'm working with them, I don't feel the relationship. In fact, I say to them ahead, if I if I ask you something, can you do this or let's do that again, it's not a criticism. It's about getting us to the performance we want to get to. Mm-hmm. And, and it works. And there we are, the three of us, <laughs> harmonizing or just the two sisters harmonizing. And I think, wow, I just remember when I started how how grand I felt and I did it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it sounded, but I did it. And that, that's what I'll say to them. You did it. And it sounded luscious. It sounded <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Elaine and her husband travel quite a bit. And she started observing that grandparents and grandchildren are the same. My husband and I travel a lot and we used to walk around and just see him. And I would say to myself, that's not his parents, that little boy, that's his grandparents. I can tell there's a little difference. There's a different swagger. Mm. There's a different look. Music and activities are universal. It's a universal language. Mm. And we're so much alike. This world is so much alike. Yeah. So that's where I'm trying to put my energies now. Yeah. And uh, it seems to be working. Yeah, we don't want to concentrate on the differences. We want to concentrate on the likenesses. I particularly liked your song, I Promise. Can you tell me a little bit about that song in particular? Child, you are young And life can be full of fun and fantasy It depends on how you um, as my girls were growing up, and I had more to say to them than necessarily they wanted to hear, I said, but I have those pearls. It happened to me already. How do I do this? I would hear, chill. I got it, Ma. It's okay. So I wrote a song. I said, I have to say this somehow and try and make it universal, not pointed at any one person or child or daughter. And that's really how it, it, it came about. I was thinking and talking to myself, really. Hmm. What is life about? What, what really is the essence of life? Kindness, generosity, forgiveness, tolerance, you know, th- that's really some of the pearls. But I couldn't do it in 25 words or less, so I had to write a song. <laughs> well, I liked that. It's a great song. Oh, thank you. And search for goodness And return the deeds in kind And I promise, dear child I promise Sometimes we have a hobby that we keep a secret In today's The Stretch It Takes, I talk about how it's important to reveal ourselves to our grandchildren, even when they might not think it's all that amazing. 
I have found that this is all part of being a flexible and authentic grandparent. So let's go to the mat and work on being the most genuine grandparents we can be. Just recently, we set up a music area in the newly finished basement of our house. We dusted off our electronic piano and set it up in a prominent place so the grands could enjoy it. The first night we plugged it in, I dug out some old music and sat down to play. And the word play is so perfect for how I felt. It's been years since I have touched the piano keys. I even said to my husband, I wonder if any of the grands know that I can do this. All of our family members play instruments, as do a couple of our in-laws. So when it's time to pull out the piano, I simply defer to the others. But this time, alone in the basement, I realized that my 13 years of piano lessons had not gone to waste. Thanks, Mom and Dad. I can still actually plunk out a tune with both hands. And my sight reading, though weaker, is still intact. I come from a family where music was a priority, going back at least to my grandparents on my father's side. Both of them played the organ, and I have many memories of hearing hymns at their home played on it. My dad played the trumpet, and even went back to his college alma mater in his 70s to play at a reunion concert. One of my sisters still plays the piano for her church and for events, and I grew up hearing my other sister practicing her French horn and listening to records of horn concertos. If I wasn't hearing my sisters practicing, I was practicing myself. Whenever we moved to a new city, one of the first orders of business was to find a new piano teacher for me. Some were good, some not so much, but I kept up my playing until college, where I declared a music major my first year. But that lasted only a few months when I realized that music theory at the college level was beyond me. All that to say, music was everywhere. It is in my genes, and it was embedded into my everyday growing up. Many mornings, my dad would blast John Philip Sousa marches or hymns or recordings of Herb Albert or the Raycon of Singers as a wake-up call. I listened to recordings of musicals as if memorizing all the lyrics was my job. All the while, my mom was the supportive audience for concerts, recitals, and musical theater performances. Every performer needs a fan, and she was a loyal one. So now, I'm a grandmother, and I have not given my grandchildren a chance to be my audience. Honestly, it's intimidating. I worry that I won't be able to play through a song without a few wrong notes. I worry that they'll be singing along and then I'll lose my place. Worse yet, they might ask me to play something that I just can't manage. But that's the stretch, isn't it? I need to make myself more vulnerable. Who cares if I make a mistake? Something tells me that my grands will get more joy out of my playing and not judge me for my failure to hit all the notes. It's playing, after all. Whoever heard of playing perfectly? The idea of playing is that it's fun, right? So I am determined to enjoy music again. I used to play the piano at night as our children fell asleep. They remember me practicing the pieces I played at the ballet school as a barter for their dance lessons. While one of the children would be jetaying across the dance floor, the others would watch, leaning against the back of the piano, the music literally being embedded into their beings. My biggest hope now is that as my grands grow, 
they will have an irresistible urge to play an instrument. Right now, they're still very young. They're into gymnastics, soccer, swimming, group sports, things that prove more fun with less practice. I get that. Music lessons are a commitment. While it is a privilege to have lessons, there is a cost in both time and money. So grandparents, if you have the money to support music lessons for your grands, I say do it. If you can drive them back and forth to lessons, do that. And if the best thing you can do is share your love of music with them by playing it, either a recording or on your own instrument, do that. The thing about music is that even when you're old, you can still work at it. Or should I say play at it? It's harder to get a group together to play soccer or do gymnastics. Not impossible, but quite a bit harder. And I'm not against creating a space for grands and sports. I just think the love of music is worth passing down, too, especially if it's been in your family for generations. So all you musicians out there, let's not drop the baton. Talking with Elaine Serling made me think about how often I conceal my true interests. I'm not walking around the house singing or playing the piano most days. My hobbies are quiet ones, cooking, decorating, reading, writing for this podcast. But maybe I should be a little louder and share my love of music more with my children and my grandchildren. Time to rise to the challenge. And whatever it is that you're thinking about when you hear this podcast— I'd love to know. Email me at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. Post on Facebook or call me and leave a voicemail at 317-572-7876. I would love to hear from you. In the next episode, I talk with two millennials who are musicians and were highly influenced by their extended family's love of music. It's fun to learn how they became the talented musicians they are now. Next time on The Grand Life based on the inputs that were involved, there's almost no chance that I was going to come out of that, you know, without at least some sort of musical output. Truly what my first memory of music was is is probably just singing. Something that I think I take for granted all the time is just how, how rare it is to have uncles and aunts who are literally singing in four-part harmony before Thanksgiving dinner. I kind of just grew up, oh yeah, like my cousins are singing this. And anytime we brought someone new into the family, I now realize, hey, buckle up because you're about to get asked to sing. That's next time on The Grand Life. And as I've said many times before, I do not pretend to be the best grandparent ever or the best pianist ever, but I will confess to believing that being a grandparent is the best thing ever. I'm Emily Morgan, and thanks for joining me in living the grand life. This podcast was written and hosted by Emily Morgan, my grandmother. It was produced and edited by Mike Morgan, my grandfather. Email them at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com.